This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Tech Guide, episode 512. Hello and welcome to the show. Great to have your company once again. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, shared electric scooter trials to roll out this week. And what's the most in-demand product for the home right now? And it's not a TV or a coffee machine. And Samsung's outlined how it's staying one step ahead of cyber criminals with its smartphones. In the Tech Guide reviews, we check out the new Google Pixel 6a smartphone. We take a listen to the Bowers and Wilkins PX7S2 noise-cancelling headphones. And Uniden has released its new 4K dash cam. And we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, does anyone own an e-scooter? Have you bought an e-scooter at JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman? They're, they're hot products at the moment, the, the, the e-scooters. And did you know that in the state of New South Wales, it's actually owning, privately owning an e-scooter is still prohibited, would you believe? Now, this is the same state of New South Wales that's this week kicking off a shared e-scooter trial. In Western Sydney, there are four locations in Western Sydney. So this is to try to work out a way they can be safely integrated into the community. Now, the trials will roll out from Saturday in Western Sydney. So Western Sydney Parklands, Bungarabee Park, Lizard Log and Shale Hills and the Australian Botanic Garden at Mount Annan. And repeating, it is shared e-scooters. So this isn't privately owned e-scooters. It is still prohibited to ride an e-scooter on a footpath. And so all these laws are still in place despite this trial. The trial is, as I said, uh, for a shared, the shared e-scooter. So the ones where you find, you find on an app, you'd book it, hire it on the spot, ride where you need to ride, and then uh, and then park it wherever you need to go. Uh, so I'm hoping that the vast number of people who are purchasing these right now will be able to benefit from this trial because not everyone wants to share an e-scooter. A lot of people have bought them and want to buy them. This is something that I think the the Minister for Active Transport, Rob Stokes, has to address here. And he was saying that the the trial will take in learnings from other Australian states as well as from other parts of the world. Now, the trial is for, uh, is, as I said, for the shared e-scooters, but the trial will not be allowed on footpaths. There will be speed limits of up to 20 kilometres an hour in dedicated bike lanes, up to 50 kilometres an hour on roads, which I find surprising, and 10 kilometres an hour on shared paths. Now, riders will also have to wear a helmet and must be aged 16 years or older. That's kind of the the groundwork that's been laid here. So casting our minds forward, I'm thinking, well, it, it is, it's smart to establish speed limits, especially in the shared paths. Like you see people now riding there. I've seen them riding through shopping centres on e-scooters or along footpaths. All it's, all it's going to take is for one person to walk out of a store and some lunatic flying through on, on a footpath doing like these, these e-scooters can, can get up to like 25, 30 kilometers an hour. All it takes is for one person to be struck like this and, and killed. And that then, you know, how, how do you, how do you deal with that? That's why these rules need to be in place. Uh, I, I understand there was a fatality in Melbourne uh, earlier this week as well. So it, the, this trial is coming at the right time. The the person in Melbourne struck by an e-scooter and later died. So uh, definitely it's, it's something that, is not going to go away. E-scooters are really popular, very popular tech product at the moment. And you think about why people are riding them is, well, number one, it's an easy and quick way to get from A to B. 
the, the, you, you think about how there's this whole sort of push to be, you know, to reduce emissions, and this is a, a green way of getting around for keeping cars off the road. So a person who buys an e-scooter is more likely to use it than driving the car, even if they if they might not even own a car. But this is the thing that they're going to use instead of a car. So in in that regard having those lower emissions if, if, if that's what that, that's kind of where the government's pointing us so you think it would it'd be a lot easier to get these things on the road to make it to, to for the laws to to be on the right side of these customers who have good intentions they want to still get around they want to ride this maybe to the train station fold it up ride to work unfold it ride to their office fold it up put it under their desk that that's how they want to get around rather than having to 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 battle the traffic on the road and and to drive a car. Uh, so I think that that really they really should after the shared shared trial, I think there should be some serious thought into how these can be integrated for private owners to be using as well because I think that's the future. I think more people uh, and, and they're becoming a bit more affordable too. They still cost a few hundred dollars, but if you think about it, if you're hiring one of these all the time, it does that does add up over time. Uh, that might suit some customers, some some riders. It might not. I, I know a lot of people who have went gone out and purchased the e-scooters. Uh, and you look on any website, you, any store in New South Wales, the, the in JB Hi-Fi's, in the Harvey Normans, and all those stores are selling them. They're selling them. They're red hot product at the moment. They are selling pretty fast. So I think the the sooner we get a clearer picture on what we can and can't do, where we can and can't do it, and the speed limits that they apply, then the sooner we can get some some sense around there because it is technically illegal, would you believe, in New South Wales to ride a scooter. You cannot own a scooter. Of course, you're not going to get arrested and they're not going to bust your door down and, and, and take your scooter away, but it's just the laws are as they are don't allow for private ownership of an e-scooter and even shared e-scooters are still pretty sketchy as well but this trial will hopefully make that picture a lot clearer i know there have been a few councils that have not wanted to participate in the trial for their own reasons but uh, rob stokes the uh, active transport minister says that councils can apply to hold a 12-month trial with selected e-scooter shared scheme providers in their area so it is it is still up to them there's no time limit the applications to be part of the e-scooter shared screen shared scheme trial are still open until they'll be open until September 30 so hopefully this this trial will get out a lot a lot further and the the rules that they establish and the the the, the laws that eventually come as a result of this they can surely apply just as easily to a privately owned scooter as they would a shared scooter. So uh, uh, let, let's hope that sanity prevails here and they get a decent result for the many riders who want to be able to use this and commute with the an e-scooter legally and safely, of course, as well. If you want to find out more about that trial, there's plenty more detail if you want to check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Now, what is the hot product right now? And if you said it was a TV, you'd be wrong. If you said it was a Bluetooth speaker, you would also be wrong. If you said a coffee machine, you would be wrong. The hottest tech product right now is an appliance. And it is. Uh, there's a lot of companies that, that, are, uh, that have these sorts of products in the market, and they are getting better uh, by the year. And the product I'm talking about, of course, is a robot vacuum cleaner. The research was commissioned by Ecovax Robotics, one of the companies behind one of the brands. The The, the product they released uh, recently was the D-Bot X1. The X1 Plus actually is the latest in their D-Bot family. And their research showed that more than 60% of Australians aspire to own a robot vacuum with one in three aiming to purchase a robot vacuum within the next 12 months. So robot vacuums actually top the list of uh, the wish list for, for people in this survey, top the, top the list ahead of TVs, coffee machines, and other popular technology and appliances. So uh, the trend reflects the fact that 80%, more than 80% of Australians surveyed, are open to the idea of robotics in their home to take over their chores. 
you think about how far robot vacuums have come and not it wasn't so long ago a few years ago they were a relatively new product that just went around and did a, a not a bad job cleaning your home well a lot has changed and a lot has improved in the last few years and not only in terms of the quality of the clean but also of the design as well uh, you think about the quality of the clean first of all these robot vacuums and the 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 dbot uh, the x1 plus that has suction now, 5,000 PA suction. So that, that's that's way better than it was just a couple of years ago. So just the just on your carpets, the quality of the clean has improved out of sight. And you got to remember, a robot vacuum is meant to be used every day. I get a lot of people asking me, well, is it as good as my Dyson? Well, of course it's not as good as a Dyson. A Dyson's a really powerful machine that you only use occasionally. A robot vacuum is meant to sort of go out and just maintain the clean so that you, rather than having to do one big clean yourself, it's doing many little cleans throughout the week. And that maintains the 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 clean the cleanliness of your carpets and your hard floors as well. And of course, these aren't just vacuums. Many of these robot vacuums are also mops as well. So think about those two, those two areas of your home, normally that takes a bit of time for you to actually get the mop out, mop your hard floors, get rid of the water, all of all of that time that, that is you can now get back thanks to the latest models of the robot vacuum cleaners. We've seen we've seen 3, 360, they're, they're, they've got a range of vacuums as well. We've written about them on Tech Guide and also now uh, the Ecovacs range. What they have in common, not only is the, the quality of the clean and the mopping improved out of sight, but also to their obstacle avoidance. There, there's technology on board so that to, in, in years gone by, a, co- a cord or a, or a sock on the floor meant that's it, cleaning was over, the robot's stuck, can't move any further. Now they're a lot smarter. Not only are they mapping your home, but now they're also avoiding these obstacles and letting you know there was an obstacle as well. You can even, on the Ecovacs, look through the camera at the front of the robot in real time. So it's kind of uh, becomes like a moving security camera as well. So uh, that not only is it keeping the place clean it's also letting you keep an eye on things and the ecovax also has has a uh, a it, it emits a scent so it's got a, a fragrance uh, as well so not only it's cleaning everything it also makes every the whole place smell nice too now i mentioned design earlier and the, i think that's one big change that we've seen with these devices is that they look a lot better especially the auto empty stations that come with them. Now, the audio empty station is where the robot comes not only to recharge, but also to get rid of all the debris from the dustbin. And in the case of a mop, it also gets rid of all the dirty water out of the tank and replaces it with clean water. So in the auto empty station is a bag to collect all the dust and there are two water tanks, one to collect the dirty water and the clean water to then put back into the robot vacuum. Now, it does this with the Ecovacs and, and the 360 models, it does this automatically. So you, this is a hands-off approach for you. For you, you don't have to touch this thing for like six to eight weeks. It does it all for you, and because it's all controlled through the app, it can be started remotely, controlled remotely, uh, and just just makes just it's one less job you have to do because you now have a robot vacuum cleaner. Hence the reason why we're seeing people. Uh, aspiring to buy this product, a couple, couple of years ago, it was it was like a an early adopter kind of appliance where people thought, oh yeah, look at me, I've got a robot vacuum cleaner. Well, now it's become the quality is improved and the designs improved, so it's now really come to the attention of the much wider market, and that's why we're seeing so much interest. The robot vacuum is, uh, the, apart from the, the features that I just mentioned, the, there's the true mapping technology as well, which, which went on its first outing with the Ecovacs and, and the 360, it maps your home. So it looks at your ceiling. It's, sort of, it, it's using sensors to, to see where the lie of the land so that next time it, can, it knows not only the layout of your house, but if you name the rooms, you can tell the vacuum to go clean the kitchen or the bedroom or the laundry or wherever you want it to send it. So the, 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 the sort of the 3D technology uh, really does increase 
the accuracy, but also then thereby increases the reduces the cleaning time uh, as well. On the in the case of the Ecovacs, they've got a new it's a new voice control too. It's called Yeco. So rather than saying Siri or whatever you're talking to your product, you, now you say Yeco to Ecovacs, and it's an assisted, uh, like a built-in interactive assistant that allows you to to command the robot to go clean various places. You can even tell it to follow your voice and all these sorts of things. So uh, really, really improved uh, in, in the last 12 months uh, has the Ecovacs, uh, and, and the D-Bot X1 Plus is their latest product. It's priced at $1,899, uh, has the the auto empty station as well. Really, really great design. The design, as a matter of fact, was done in conjunction with Jacob Jensen Design. So no, they're no, they're no slouches when it comes to designing. They've uh, teamed up with Ecovacs to come up with not only an effective product to clean, but also something that looks nice in your house. You, you, you'll be happy to have this on display. You don't have to hide it away from everybody. This can sit out proudly where you want it to be in your home. You want to read more about the robot vacuums and the demand for all these robot vacuums, you can check it out, techguide.com.au. Now, Samsung happens to be the world's number one smartphone manufacturer. And they so that means that they have more smartphones in the market than any other company, including Apple. They are worldwide number one, and they have a range of devices from entry level all the way up to flagship, and so a lot of customers using their devices, which are, of course, connected to cellular networks, the internet, and that is a a very large number of products, a large area to secure. Now, I had a little sit-down. I was involved in a roundtable discussion with Dr. Seong-Won Shin. He's the VP and head of security for mobile experience at Samsung Electronics. So their mobile business, Dr. Shin is their head of security. I was in on a call with him. It was like a a virtual roundtable. He was discussing the the whole privacy and security around mobiles and just, just generally online as well and how Samsung has really developed some technology that can keep you and your data and everything safe and your privacy secured as well. He was saying it's never been a better time for cyber criminals uh, and the challenge to stay safe has never been greater. And what, what's, uh, what's really changed as well is the rise in remote workers who now rely more on unsecure public Wi-Fi. Uh, that are work that are working from home rather than behind a, a, a firewall behind their corporate protection. So as a result of that, he says cyber attacks are on the rise, and uh, we really need to uh, because most of our lives are on our smartphones, our wallet, they're our house key, they're an ID, driver's license. There's so much. So he was saying that just any kind of intrusion on that device could be devastating. So. He, he took us through what he sees and what Samsung has, in, has improved here to keep the devices safe and make sure your data doesn't get in the wrong hands. Uh, he also mentioned there's a lot of misconceptions about security. Uh, and, of course, that starts with, with uh, disabling app tracking permissions. So you, you're not letting apps share your name, your email, or your habits. But it is, it's, it's like locked down at, at, the, at the chip level of, the, of your device. Uh, he was saying too that hackers they can really adapt to their targets. So whether it's unsecure Wi-Fi, social engineering scams, there are threats. No matter what ecosystem you happen to be in, there are threats around. Now Samsung's Knox system has been around for a while. It is a defense-grade security platform that's so trusted it is even used by governments around the world. That, that's how secure it is. And it's been developed through collaboration, uh, both hardware and software integration, and also real-time protection. Now, Dr. Shin was actually a member of Interpol, uh, before he he worked for Samsung, so he's got an idea about how to feel for, to keep people safe and the whole security world. Uh, and he says that look, trust is built through collaboration. That's sort of one of the great advantages he says of the Android ecosystem. Uh, and having that collective that that collaboration means that. Uh, that we everyone can be strengthened collectively as well. It's kind of the rising tide lifting all boats here. 
Now, Samsung obviously prides itself on the open model of partnership and collaboration, uh, as well as their own work, of course. And so they work really closely with Google. They've got regular security issue meetings with Google to share all threat data with not only the, with Samsung and Google, but the other partners who, who, use, uh, who use Android as their operating systems. Uh, and, and look, it, it's a constant battle here. The cyber criminals are always look, trying to come up with a new way of, of breaching security, trying to get into your system. Now, some companies, though, uh, they think that running security verification only at the boot up stage is enough. So when you turn your device on, it, it verifies who you are and then away you go. But once the device is booted up, it's kind of in this state that, that has no, there's no real-time protection going on. So what Samsung's developed is real-time protection. So what, what happens is that after the boot-up, their real-time kernel protection and the defeat exploit technologies, they continue working to prevent any suspicious or unauthorized changes of the permissions that you gave as well. So that means they're monitoring constantly and have an incident response and management team that use machine learning to predict any kind of future threat as well. Uh, a lot of people, uh, of course, we, we don't hold onto the same phone all the time. So a lot of people like to change their phones, but also uh, the tra taking that security update and any vulnerability, you want that as, that, that as well. So that's why they provide with any new device up to five years of protection from the launch of that device. So if you had a device for four years, you get a new device, you don't have one year of protection left. The five years starts again from the date you purchased that device. Samsung is pretty proud of the platform they've created. It's secure enough for world leaders, so uh, good enough for me, I think. Now, just on on privacy, they're, they're talking about how, I think Dr. Shin mentioned that a lot of people confuse security with privacy. It's only when you have comprehensive security that you can truly offer privacy. So uh, you got you can't have one without the other. Now, some of the features that make the Samsung platform one of the most secure systems in the world include true end-to-end -end protection, and that, that that starts at the research the research stage, design and manufacturing as well. Uh, they obviously that collaboration with Google and also Microsoft and these other big companies. They also report threat information. So Google and Microsoft and Qualcomm, Qualcomm are the chip manufacturers for phones. They all get together and share their share their uh, intel. So they may have heard of a threat that someone else hasn't. So as a group, they are stronger together. There's also uh, the, the data encryption, and only the user, of course, can encrypt or decrypt private data. There's also, there's also a data separation. So now it's possible to create a work profile separate from your personal app. So you can have these two, two separate entities, if you like, on your device. And all apps are also isolated in a secure place that protect the user as well. They have runtime protection, so 24 seven protection uh, in real time. They've also got the Knox Vault. That's a pretty popular Samsung technology. So it isolates isolated hardware-based and secure environment. There's also a privacy dashboard that allows you to view and control permissions of apps. And the privacy indicator can alert you when an app is trying to access a microphone or a camera. There's also a secure folder, so you can store photos, files, and documents uh, in, in a secure folder and only access, you control that access. And even when you're sharing, you can control who has access to the files and photos. You can do things like set ex expiration dates and rescind viewing rights. So if you send a file to someone, you say, right, you've only got a day to view that, then it's gone. So these are the things, rather than them just being out there forever, they can uh, have those uh, expiration dates and rescinding viewing rights. And again, as I mentioned, minimum five years of security updates that cover more than 150 different models. So that, that adds up to more than a billion devices that Samsung is uh, committed to protect. If you're a Samsung user or even an Android user, I think that's pretty welcome information because Apple has sort of pretty much, they, they, they do love shouting from the rooftops about how they value everyone's privacy and security and they, they kind of diss the whole Android world. Well, this just shows that there is as much commitment on the, on the Android side and also through Samsung and its partners to keep their users safe as well. You want to find out a bit more about that story, you can check it out at techguide.com.au.
Keeping you updated and educated. Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your devices safe online. The dark web is an underground part of the web that isn't searchable from regular search engines. It's where cyber criminals buy and sell illicit items and stolen personal information like bank account details, home addresses, credit card information and more. Norton 360 includes dark web monitoring, which searches the dark web markets for your personal detail and if discovers, notifies you. Norton 360 Premium has multiple layers of protection for your devices, online security like a secure VPN and dark web monitoring, all in a single solution. With real-time threat protection to help protect you and your devices from existing and emerging online threats, there's parental control to help manage your kids' online time and a school time to manage your child's remote learning. A password manager can generate, store, and manage your password and other credentials more securely. There's also SafeCam for PC and SMS security too. Norton 360 Premium for PCs, Macs, smartphones, or tablets is available online at au.norton.com or an electrical retailer. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. Kicking off the reviews this week, we're talking about the Google Pixel 6a. Now, this is, I in my review, I liken this to the iPhone SE. So if you can't, if you don't want to buy the iPhone 13 or the 12, but you still want an iPhone, you still have the opportunity of buying the iPhone SE. So it's got the most of the similar features, same operating system, uh, and but it's in a cheaper form factor. Google has done a similar thing by offering the Pixel 6a, which is for customers who can't afford or don't want to buy the Pixel 6, which is a thousand bucks, or the Pixel 6 Pro, which is thirteen hundred bucks. The Pixel 6a is seven hundred and forty-nine dollars. So while you're not getting all the features, you are getting most of the features that Pixel already has and that people love. Uh, so the the six the Pixel Six that was the that's nine ninety nine that's got a six point four inch display. Pixel Six Pro has got a six point seven inch display. The Pixel Six A has a smaller six point one inch OLED display. Now one thing on the Six A's display is it has sixty hertz refresh rate. The Six has smooth display up to ninety hertz. The Six Pro has up to one twenty hertz refresh rate. Now. What it does have in common with the, uh, the its big brothers is its design. It has that two-tone rear panel. But I think more importantly, it's also running the same Google Tensor processor. This is the first processor that was ever pr- pr- created by Google and it was first introduced in the Pixel 6 and the 6 Pro. You are getting that same chip. So performance-wise, the 6A just as fast, just as snappy as as the 6 and 6 Pro. In a similar way, the iPhone SE, which is much cheaper than the iPhone 13, but it still had the latest Apple processor on board to enable all these other features. Now, the Pixel 6a comes with 6 gig of RAM and 128 gig of internal storage, no memory card slot. Uh, to expand your memory, the other Pixels don't have that either. I can't remember any Pixel actually having a, an expandable memory because what do they want you to use? They want you to use Google. They want you to use Google Drive, Google Photos. That's what they want you to use, the cloud. Now, of course, the Pixel 6a running the latest version of Android, which allows you to customize like you customize your home screen, your lock screen, notifications. You also get up to five years of security updates. We spoke earlier about how Samsung also offer that on their devices. But you know what? One thing that Pixel owners always rave about, and I've got to agree, it's, it's excellent, is the camera. Pixels, even since Pixels had one lens cameras, they've always been able to take great images. Now, the 6 and the 6 Pro have triple camera systems, but the Pixel 6a has two cameras on board. It's got a 12.2 megapixel wide lens and a 12 megapixel ultra wide lens, but 
despite not having the same specs or resolution as it's it's the 6 and the 6 Pro the 6A still holds its own. We captured a few shots. You can see them on our story on Tech Guide. Really nice and sharp and beautifully clear. Nice, strong, punchy colors as well. And on the video side, the Pixel 6A can shoot 4K at up to 60 frames per second. So pretty versatile. But or, or, and, and what you get, you might not get the same number of cameras in the same high resolution, like 50 megapixel and above. You still get all the same features in the camera. And I'm talking face unblur, magic eraser. That's the one where you can get rid of unwanted people and objects in the background. There's also night sight, so you can take really clear images even in low light conditions. So camera-wise, Big tick, the 6A really lives up to its big brothers there. It does a great job, despite only having two cameras that are 12 megapixel each, still takes really punchy photos that are really sharp. Now, uh, there does have an in-screen fingerprint reader, which works pretty fast. It didn't take us, uh, I think there's only one or two occasions where it just took more than a second to unlock. But let's let's look at the features here and what you're getting for your money and 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 the instant comparison would be similarly priced devices the to the Pixel 6a and we're talking say 749 a similarly priced device the first thing the one that came to mind for me was the Samsung A73 which is 799 now this device the Samsung device has a 6.7 inch 120 hertz AMOLED display and a triple camera system. So like for like here, in the same ballpark in terms of price, you are getting a better deal with the Samsung, but the Pixel 6a has a faster processor than the A73. So A73's got all the bells and whistles, but performance not quite as fast as the 6a. So that's the trade-off. The 6a has a much faster processor, so you're getting a better performance. Uh, what the 6A also does not have is wireless charging. We've spoken about the features it does have. What it doesn't have, wireless charging, doesn't have a headphone jack either. So uh, if those are two things that are important to you, maybe consider it. But uh, in, in the ballpark, there are other devices that kind of, uh, they're, they're sort of punching above their weight in a similar way to the 6A. There are some features that they have that the 6A doesn't, just as the 6A has features like that faster processor that the others don't have. Now, under the hood, you got a 4,410 milliamp hour battery, and we use this as our daily driver, got at least a day and a half of use out of it, so no, no uh, real shortage on, the, on, on the, uh, the battery life there, not an issue. It, uh, it is a really good battery, lasts as long, and, and we were using it all day and all evening and still had plenty left to use. But look, this is, again, another option for customers who don't want to spend all, you know, who don't want to go to the flagship level. To, to, to buy a smartphone, just like iPhone SE users don't want to spend 1500 bucks and above. The, the Pixel 6, the Pixel 6 Pro have been pretty successful in the market. And there are there is a dedicated group of customers who love not only Android, but also love the purity of a Pixel phone because it is pure Android. There's no, like you buy a Samsung or an Oppo, these other devices, TCL that run Android, there is a layer on top of Android that they, that they offer. Pixel phones don't have that. Pixel is this pure Android, top to bottom. That's why whenever there's a new Pixel released, so the Pixel 7, which I'm expecting we'll see in October this year, that has the latest version of Android, all the latest innovations, and is a fresh and uncluttered version of Android because there's no user interface required because it's Android, and this is a Google Android phone. That's why I think a lot of people are really keen to uh, to give this this the Pixel 6a a try because it does maintain that that standard that that purity of being a, a total Android device. It's uh, priced at seven hundred and forty nine bucks. It goes on sale on July twenty eight. So we have we've had it a little while and uh, was able to publish our review just ahead of the launch date, which is uh, this week, July the twenty eighth. The Pixel 6a from Google, priced at $749. And if you want to see our complete review, you can check that out at techguide.com.au.
Righto. Next up, we're talking about a pretty nice pair of headphones. I'm, I've got to say, I am a Bowers and Wilkins fan. I really like their earphones. They've got some great earphones, and their PX7 headphones were fantastic. They were out a couple of years ago, but guess what? They've come up now with the latest version, the PX7 S2, and I've got to say, these are even better. Bowers and Wilkins is a brand that the, the very name, it, it gives you the idea of high-quality audio. So audiophiles, big fans of this brand. This is a follow-up, as I said, to the PX7, which has improved not only the audio quality, but also the build quality and design. What I like about the PX7 S2, it has a more premium look and feel. So I think you, if you're spending $599.95, you want to feel like you're holding a bit of quality in your hands. And that's exactly what these offer. There's some nice textured fabric around the ear cups and the headband. Uh, there's nice uh, aluminium finish, aluminium caps on the on the ear cups that say Bowers and Wilkins on the outside. So it's no, no mystery to the brand of headphones that you happen to be wearing. And that's kind of a badge of honor for customers. They want people to know that they've got a nice expensive pair of headphones on uh, and that, that sound fantastic as well. The headphones also have the ultra soft leather covered memory foam that's on the ear cups and also uh, on the headband as well so that you get a new level of comfort because you're gonna be wearing these for a long time once you're on the if you might be on a flight or you just like listening to music while you work uh, this is the it's going to be pretty comfortable to wear these as long as you want but the main reason people buy these isn't because of the design and the comfort it's because of the sound and the PX7S2 offer high-resolution audio. There's new custom-designed 40-millimeter drive units that have been that have purposely been built for headphone listening. There's also the Bowers and Wilkins DSP, Sig Digital Signal Processing, with 24-bit high-resolution sound quality. Which, if you're listening to a streaming service that offers 24-bit, you will hear the high-quality audio there. The result, uh, in my my review. The result is really crisp and clear sound. You sort of a good good quality audio to me is having the crisp and clear audio, but also that level of warmth that also uh, that it, it ticks all the boxes. Bass, I think, is done just right. It's not over the top. It holds its own without taking over completely, as you, you hear with other headband other headphones. You, you, I think bass is kind of their big band aid they put on to maybe disguise the the lower the lesser quality that their audio offers, but not so with Bowers and Wilkins. They're, they're, the bass is there to do its job, but without taking over and preventing you from hearing all the beautiful detail in all your music. It's a, a, what I've called it is a wide soundstage and, and accurate to allow all kinds of music to really shine. The amount of detail caught our ear at all volume levels, even at the highest level, and without any hint of distortion at all. And we, every every new song or, or, or any time we were listening to it, maybe a song came on we haven't heard for quite a while, uh, it was continually surprising us at, at its quality and letting us hear the music as we'd never heard it before. Now, in terms of noise cancellation, the headphones do a pretty good job there of not letting any of the outside sounds come in and spoil a party. So it, does, it, it doesn't block out every single sound, but it did the job for you to keep your focus on your music there's probably uh, probably bose and maybe sony even bose and sony probably have slightly better noise cancellation but in the in this instance it did enough for you to hear the music so it knows it knows itself well enough and did enough for you to block out those outside sounds and allow you to hear your music pretty thoroughly now there is a companion app that bowers and wilkins also have not much you can do with it apart from um you can slightly adjust the bass and the treble. Uh, you can see your battery level. That's also pretty handy. And you can switch between noise cancelling and pass-through modes through the app. You can also do that on the headphones themselves. Call quality was also pretty good. Not the best we've heard, but still uh, enough, good enough to take a call without having to remove the headphones, which is always – you don't want to have to do that. The, uh, the headphones also don't have any touch controls. I noted that in my review, but they do have plenty of buttons for you to take control. Uh, not having not having those touch controls, though, 
is I think the positive, the upside of that is you're not going to have any accidental touches. So, you know, if there's some touch controls, if you adjust the headband or put a hat on or something, you might you might graze one of the controls and then you're off to the next track or something's going on. There's no risk of that happening here because there are it's all buttons. Uh, there's the physical controls on both ear cups. The left, there's only the one button on the left ear cup and that's to toggle between noise cancellation and pass-through. But all the action, most of the buttons on the right ear cup, and there's the on-off pairing switch, which is sort of you press you press it to the top to pair a new device. You click it all the way down to turn it on, and you flick it into the middle to turn it off. Uh, that's uh, located above two volume keys and an action key. I found it strange that the volume keys were separated by the action key. The action key is in the middle of the up and down volume buttons, but the action key is easily identifiable because it has uh, these ridges on top. So just by feel, you can feel the rough edge of the action button. That tells you, okay, that's the action button. You move your hand slightly above that is the up volume. You move your hand slightly below that, it's the down volume. I do love the fact that you can control the volume on the headphones as well, rather than having to pick up your device. You're pretty much uh, left to your own devices while listening. You, even the action button, that also lets you navigate your music so you can pause, play, answer calls, end calls, and move through your music as well. Uh, what you won't find also is a 3.5mm jack as well on the headphones to attach a cable. What you get instead is a USB-C port, which doubles as both the charging port and the audio port. There is a USB-C to C for charging, and you also get a USB-C to 3.5mm jack so you can connect it to a device or an in-flight entertainment system. That's very important. Now, let's talk battery life, and that is brilliant. You get up to 30 hours on a full charge. And that's more than enough to get you all the way to Europe on a flight or the US and get you through a whole day when you're back on the ground as well. Now, the uh, Bowers & Wilkins PX7S2 are available in three colours, grey, black and blue. We got the grey. I don't mind the blue. I've got to say the blue looks really nice. It's got sort of blue with sort of the gold highlights on it as well. Also comes with its own carry case so you can easily fold the headphones flat inside and there's also a little uh, compartment to put the cables as well and uh, you're able to seal it all up and pack it in your bag to protect it while you're not using them. The Bowers & Wilkins PX7S2, they're priced at $599.95. Beautifully designed, delivers superb audio quality for the discerning listener. So if you can impress an audio file, you're doing pretty good. And that's who they are impressing, myself included. These are one of the best headphones you can buy right now. They're right up there with the Bose and the Sonys in terms of sound quality. Bowers & Wilkins, very well-respected name there. They've done a great job with these new headphones. And I've got to say, I rate them. If you want to read my complete review, feel free to check it out at techguide.com.au. All right, let's talk dash cams, and in particular, Uniden. Uniden have released a new 4K smart dash cam, the Dash View. 50R. Now, this has a resolution, its camera has a resolution four times higher than HD, so you get an even clearer view on the road. People say, what do you need 4K for? Well, I'll tell you why, because what you're capturing through this camera when you're driving is detail. you got to think about it. If there's an accident and you're disputing a claim, you need to be able to see quite clearly makes and models of cars, number plates, street names. So the higher the resolution, the more detail there is for you to look at. And this could be the difference between you proving one car with a number plate of such and such, but apart from another, this 4K resolution could make all the difference. Included with the 50R from Navman is a 64, not Navman, what am I saying? It included with the 50R from Uniden is a 64 gig micro SD card as well. Navman make dash cams also. We've spoken about them on the program, but in this instance, we're talking Uniden. You do get a 64 gig micro SD card to store your vision. Uh, that's pretty generous. Not all dash cams come with a, uh, a memory card like that. Uh, the 50R also has a front 4K camera and a rear full HD camera. But get this, they also have full voice control. 
So you can completely hands-free operation. You can talk to them and you don't have to touch them. That's important when you're driving. The front 4K camera has a really slick design too. So easily position it in front of your car's rear view mirror. It's kind of out of sight. If you just place it on the windscreen just in front of the mirror, you probably won't be able to see it from the driver's side or the passenger side, uh, and you're able to have that 4K view from there. Uh, 4K camera and the full rear camera both have a 140-degree field of view. So that, again, another benefit, you capture a wider area and even more detail. Remember what I said? Number plates, street signs, 140-degree field of view. You're going to not miss a thing. The Uniden also uses Sony's Starvis Image Center. Now, why is this important? It's the same back-illuminated pixel technology used in CMOS sensors for even higher video quality and clearer footage in bright and low-light environments. You know, sometimes bright light tends to blow out the video. Not with the Starvis Image Sensor. It really sets it right even in bright lights and even low-light environments too. You're getting still plenty of detail. Now, here's another important feature, parking mode. Has any of you had your car damaged, someone's backed into your car, scraped the side of your car, not left a note? That just frustrates the hell out of me. But if you've got parking mode, which Uniden, the Uniden Dash View 50R does provide, it can record any incidents around your car, even when you're away from the car. So we're talking if you're in a car park, shopping center, it does allow you then if there's a bump or it's something, someone touches your car, it's recording front and back. And don't forget the 140 degree field of view, that's a wide field of view. It's going to capture a lot. So wouldn't that be nice if some bludgers hit your car and you've got video evidence to, to, to report them to the police and tell them, fix my car or make a claim to fix your car. It's so frustrating when people, a friend of mine actually over the weekend uh, came out to see his car, side of the car all scraped. And I said to him, I said, mate, if you had a, if you had a dash cam, the 4K uh, 50, the 50R from Uniden, you would have been able to see exactly who that was. And wouldn't they get a nice surprise when they get contacted by the police for leaving the scene of an accident? Because that's technically what it is when you think about it. If you've hit someone's car and you do the bolt, that's leaving the scene of an accident. And uh, no, that's not a call I'd like to get. The Uniden 4K Dash View has plenty of features, has that 140 uh, wide angle, 140 degree wide angle front and rear, has the parking mode, voice guidance, it comes with a two year warranty as well, uh, has the built in GPS and G sensor. So any video you get has the GPS location stamped in it, as well as all the information like the speed, direction of travel, all that sort of stuff. Also gives you safety uh, warnings too. So if you're approaching speed cameras, red light cameras, then uh, this is something that you should be, you should, uh, that will help you maybe avoid a fine. Now dash cams to me have become, they're, they're, they've sort of become this, uh, a necessity on the road, I'd say, as, as, as necessary as a seatbelt. Because you never know what's going to happen on the road. And, and oftentimes it's your word against someone else's in the event of an accident. Uh, if you want to make a claim or make a report to police and other authorities, then you have video evidence of exactly what happened on the road. And that's what the Uniden Dash View 50R can provide. It's priced at $499.95 and does include, remember, the 64 gig micro SD card, as well as the hard wire kit. So if you want to get this professionally installed, everything you need is in the box. You want to take a closer look at the Uniden Dash View 50R? You can check it out at techguide.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is also proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. If your home demands superior Wi-Fi, treat it with a masterpiece in connectivity. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6E from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6E is the first and only Wi-Fi 6 quad-band whole home mesh system, opening an exclusive all-new 6 gigahertz superhighway that's fine-tuned to deliver unprecedented Wi-Fi speeds and smoother streaming simultaneously across the smart homes of today and tomorrow. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Wi-Fi 6E, the fastest Wi-Fi ever. Find out more at netgear.com.au best Wi-Fi. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. 
The Tech Guide Help Desk is brought to you by our good friends at Belkin. Belkin's the company that you'll find all their products in Apple stores and other major retailers. Whether it's a cable, you want to buy a power bank, a MagSafe case, earphones, they've got you covered. Belkin.com forward slash AU. Now, I get asked a lot about security and uh, a lot of parents also contact me uh, try, concerned about how to keep their kids safe online. There's a few things you can do, of course. There was some research that Norton did that said that 82% of parents admit it's difficult to keep their child safe online. Now, the problem here is that you need to establish the the correct habits. So teaching kids about cyber safety is as important as teaching them other life skills. They need to learn the etiquette. They need to learn what's right, what's wrong, what they need to do. Uh, you think about young kids growing up in a world where everything's digital, everything's accessible, the whole world's on the internet. That's all they know. So the the idea of them sharing information and 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 even family information is second nature to them. Whereas we've grown up, uh, their parents and myself included, have grown up to think, well, we need to protect our information. It's not we you can't share everything. You know, the research said that 21% of parents said their child had posted to one of their parents' social media accounts. 19% had accessed mature or age-inappropriate content. 18% made an unauthorized un- online purchase. And 18% also gave away personal information online. Now, that's a worry, especially when we were so guarded about identity theft and trying to maintain some kind of protection on that sort of data. So I think it's really important that we teach our child this. Cyber safety is a basic life skill, need to be needs to be taught at an early age. Now, Norton, which is one of our great sponsors, they launched recently Norton 360 Advanced, which helps victims of identity theft. It's basically like an insurance policy. They offer insurance up to $58,000 for anyone who happens to fall victim to identity theft and then also the to help their identity restoration pro- process as well. So that's got you covered there too. But in terms of safety for the family, you've got a secure VPN. You've got dark web monitoring as well. You've got a password manager. That's really important to have really strong passwords. No human being can remember 65 different passwords that are that are really long and complicated, but the password manager can. There's also two up to 200 gigabytes of cloud backup also. So if you do need to back up your files and photos, you can easily do it. The Norton 360 products offer protection for up to 10 devices. We're talking PCs, Macs, smartphones, and tablets. So look, yep, it is important that that in, that information from that research really does highlight the fact that kids need to be taught the right and wrong things about cyber safety, what they can and can't share online, who they have to talk to. Uh, but having Norton at your back as well, uh, they've, they've conducted that research. That is the first step in helping to protect yourself and also having the tools at your disposal for you to stay safe, keep your identity safe and keep your kids safe online. That is the full-time siren for Tech Guide episode 512. Thank you so much for listening. If you need to find out any more about anything we've spoken about, you can find it all at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch with us, please email us at info at techguide.com.au or you can hit the Ask Stephen icon on the homepage and that will also send an email my way. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Please support the great sponsors who support the Tech Guide podcast. Thank you once again for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. 